Live from WNUR News, I'm Katherine Odom. You're listening to the news at 6 o'clock on WNUR 89.3 FM HD1 Evanston, Chicago. It's Wednesday, February 9th, 2022. Tonight on WNUR News, news from Hotel Hinman and other COVID-19 updates. A conversation with a Northwestern grad and former Hype House assistant. And cooking a meal in a dorm kitchen. Those stories and more coming up now on WNUR News at 6. Thanks for tuning in on this Wednesday evening. With Northwestern's COVID positivity rate subsiding, quarantine housing at 1835 Hinman is not nearly as full as it was in the beginning of the quarter. Reporter Jong-un Jennifer Kim has updates on COVID-19 and from students in Hinman. These are the sounds you can hear in the hallways of Hinman, Northwestern's quarantine dorm for students who test positive for COVID-19. Silence. Before we learn more, let's rewind back a little bit. The cases were spiking in the first two weeks of the winter quarter, with students and faculty returning to campus from worldwide. And the school made the decision to switch to online classes and dedicate those weeks to Wildcat Wellness. Students on social media platforms like Yik Yak joked about the conditions of the new quarantine housing, some even violating the expectations. Others were genuinely concerned about the rumors that circulated, such that students with different variants were forced into the same room. Columnist Loretta David even wrote an article for the Daily Northwestern about her not-so-pleasant stay there. Today, Northwestern and Evanston in general have been well-maintaining a relatively low positivity rate of 2.25% in the past seven days. But this hints that there still are students who test positive and are sent to Hinman. I was able to come in contact with Paul Kim, a freshman at McCormick, currently quarantined to ask about the housing conditions. Uh, so first of all, the laundry is actually uh, done for us. Uh, there's like a weekly uh, laundry service, but uh, sadly, I actually like missed it for last week. So uh, that's a bit of a bummer. And in terms of showering, uh, there's like communal, there's like communal bathrooms like uh, throughout the corridor. But because there's not many, showering hasn't been an issue. Hasn't been an issue. It's been fairly convenient. While the laundry service and facility make living quite convenient, Paul adds that because he has different dietary needs, he anticipated personalized meals, but his expectations were not met. But uh, I don't think um, the QI like uh, dining services have uh, always tried to uh, cater cater uh, cater me to like that requirement. Otherwise, Paul says Hinman is no longer as crowded as the beginning of the year, and thus in much better condition than rumored. I mean, occasionally, like, from time to time, I see, like, one or two people, like, in the corridor, uh, mainly using some, um, cooking something in the microwave or heading to uh, the restroom and things like that. But other than that, it's been fairly quiet here. Uh, it's been, you know, mainly a private space, so... Uh, Paul further fact-checked that with fewer students, everyone is isolated in separate rooms. Uh, so I believe uh, people were like randomly allocated singles and doubles, but obviously without roommates. I think roommates have only been allocated in desperate, <laughs> in desperate times. Going online for a full year, 
Northwestern faculty and students have both adjusted to hybrid and Zoom sessions as opposed to in-person ones. So there doesn't seem to be much trouble in terms of technology. In fact, Paul says his professors are understanding of the given circumstances. All except one class is、uh, being recorded, so that's been a bit of an issue. But、um, communication with professors has been going all right.、Uh, they've been trying to make it lenient for me as much as they could, so I really, really、uh, appreciate it. Luckily for me, I didn't have any、uh, exams to take, although I did have a quiz today, which I was、uh, excused from. And other than that, I did get an extension for one of my assignments、uh, from from my professor last week, so that was really nice of them. Like most people nowadays, Paul never experienced any symptoms, but to him, the results seemed out of the blue. Uh, well, I was shocked because I thought I was completely okay. Well, I did feel some like flu-like symptoms, like a bit of a cold. So, and I had to test like that week, so because I was trying to attend the social event, which、uh, required everyone to test, and、uh, sadly, that that could that that came back positive. According to Paul, the process of moving into quarantine was smooth and organized. Uh, so I was obviously instructed to uh pack my, pack my belongings. Um,、uh, yeah, uh, just to get prepared to、uh, move to Hinden, and I guess they were pretty quick about you know, uh, driving me down to、uh, the facility and.、Uh, One weakness of the system is that Northwestern does not inform or ask for a list of people who came in close contact. Rather, it is the individual's responsibility to report to their friends or family. So I actually had to like tell my roommate and like all my other friends that were like、uh, close contact with me to go test positive. They weren't given actual like formal instructions. And although he is unsure who he was infected from, he assumes they were from one of the social gatherings. Might have been probably someone in my dorm. You know, sometimes me and my friends just have like a chat, you know, and something like a sweet all together, and probably I got COVID from there. I'm not too sure. As Northwestern adjusts to COVID nineteen, the school has implemented strict mask requirements and easy access to rapid testing. While some flaws still exist, the statistics are proving we are building a safer community. This was Jung and Jennifer Kim signing off from WNUR News. Hopefully, Paul can check out of Hotel Hinman soon. Now, onto arts and entertainment. Whether you're a TikTok fiend or just casually aware of the app, the Hype House TikTok influencers might be closer to home than you think. Reporter Margot Milanowski chats with a recent Northwestern grad and previous assistant to the house. This story starts with a little bit of a confession. Not an egregious confession, but a confession nonetheless. I have watched the entirety of the Hype House Netflix television show. We have ten twenty-year-olds living in a five million-dollar house together, filming content all day. It just doesn't sound real. If you aren't familiar with the Hype House, it's a group of teenage and young adult TikTok users that live together, make content together, and more recently had a TV show made about them. While I personally find this confession mildly embarrassing, watching this show led to an interesting connection.、Um, it's actually like not super crazy. Like it, it, it's it's weird that I ended up there, but it's not. A, it's like a pretty logical progression. That's Nicholas Holterman, 
a previous assistant to one of the content creators who appears on the show. When I sat down to watch the Hype House show with my friend and roommate Sarah Kadura, yes, that's right, executive producer of WNUR News, I had no idea I'd see on screen a face so familiar that I immediately took to Facebook to figure out who it was. So I graduated from Northwestern in 2019. That's right. Nicholas Holterman was a Northwestern grad whom I recognized from a French class that I had with him freshman year. Picture my surprise when Sarah and I put the pieces together. I tweeted about the whole thing. Nick saw the tweet. And as one thing led to another, he agreed to an interview with me. A lot of Northwestern kids, when they graduate in film, like if they move to LA or New York, they like work at like a large talent agency. Holterman did the same, but as the pandemic hit, he got laid off. So I lost my first out of college job. Thankfully, after some time spent at home and keeping in touch with his agency, who was already repping major influencers like Addison Ray, Nick landed a position as an assistant for a member of the Hype House. Basically the Northwestern to Hype House pipeline. Nick stayed on at the position for about a year. I'm very glad I did it. Um, I, people used to, I would tell people like I go to parties or like meet people and they'd be like, where do you work? I'd be like, I work for, uh, I, at first I would say like, I worked for an influencer and then they'd be like, what influencer? And then I'd be like, I worked for a TikToker. And then I would, and then I just started getting to the point where I would just say I work for, for the Hype House because people knew exactly what that was. And I'd be like, that's insane. You're joking. And I'd be like, no, that's what I, that's where I work it wasn't um, crazy at all in, in a good way. It was almost mundane. Like it was just a job, you know, uh, I didn't actually watch the show. He did remember fondly when the show was filmed. I've, I've like received screenshots and I've like narcissistically like, like scrolled through it to find myself, but I just like haven't watched the show, but it was fun to be there watching them film it. One section where Nick himself was heavily depicted was when a Hype House member injured their leg minorly. I asked Nick if things like this stressed him out during his job. Honestly, no, it was kind of hilarious. Um, he was clearly never in danger. He just has a really, I think in the show, I don't know, they definitely included this in the show, but he has, he's just like queasy about breaking bones. So that's why it was so dramatic, but it wasn't like, I was, I was like, yeah, we should just figure this out because, you know, he hurt himself, but it wasn't. Um, I mean, that's the kind of that was kind of like the job itself was like stuff like that didn't happen every day. But like, uh, you know, expect for anything. And that was kind of why it was fun. Nick, although he no longer works for the Hype House, has also gained a bit of a TikTok following. The origins of it might lie partially in his job with the Hype House but a particular TikTok of his about a not so humorous, but spun humorous event went viral. Can you tell me a little bit about your razor situation? <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I got MRSA and then I went like viral I for getting MRSA. I remember, I remember when- Hey bestie, love the video, love the TikTok, super clever idea. Just wanna remind everyone not to share razors or use random people's razors. Uh, you can get an antibiotic-resistant flesh-eating bacteria that is really painful and oozes pus all the time, and the antibiotics will make you constipated for two weeks, and if they don't work, you will die. Okay, so, like, I used my roommate's razor, and I'm not gonna put them on blast because they also went to Northwestern. I don't think his razor had MRSA on it. Like, I don't know how I got MRSA, but, like, I remember using my roommate's razor and being like, I don't normally do this, but it's probably fine. 
It was not fine, but it did go viral when he duetted another TikTok about MRSA. But I saw, I was like sitting in the car and I saw this girl post this and I was like, this was put on my algorithm for a reason. So that TikTok went viral, but then like a month after I got interviewed for Buzzfeed and I was like, yeah, like I'll just do this because it will be funny. But it turns out people do read Buzzfeed, but the demo is so different on Buzzfeed. It was a lot of like older people like in the comments being like, this guy is so stupid. Like what a dumb, like the new, this generation of kids is so stupid and like whatever, whatever, whatever. Despite the foolishness of the way Nick rose to have a bit of a following, we also had a nice chat on a slightly more serious note about constructing a brand online. Um, I would say in real life, 10% a bit. And then on social media, like 80% a bit. No, really. We did end up having a slightly more serious conversation but there's no such thing as authenticity on social media. So in one sense, I feel it's not other people's responsibility for how their audience feels. But the other part of me thinks that I would feel like if I had a large following, I would feel an overwhelming sense of responsibility to be very careful about what I put on my, on my platform. You know, I think I agree with him. I couldn't imagine being an influencer as a job. I don't think it's it's as it's an honor as honorable of a job as like farming or being a doctor is, which is like, you know, something where you're helping people or creating a real tangible object. Um, but it's definitely not like working for ExxonMobil or something. For WNUR News, I'm Margot Milanowski. Thank you to Margot for that hype story. Looking over to oddities. Have you ever missed home-cooked meals so much that you decided to make one for yourself? Reporter Poss Baum puts a Northwestern freshman dorm kitchen to the test to make a full meal. In high school, come dinner time, you probably sat down to a meal your parents made, whipped something up in your stocked kitchen, or drove to pick up your favorite takeout. I'm guessing you didn't walk in sub-zero temperatures to a dining hall to eat dry chicken. Now, the latter has become a reality for a lot of North Northwestern underclassmen. What do you do when you're craving something other than Allison Fine Dining, but your Uber Eats bill has been worryingly high recently? One option is to cook dinner in your dorm kitchen. How feasible is it, though, to cook a meal in a dorm kitchen? I decided to find out. I'm going to take you through all the logistics, materials, cost, cooking, and cleanup. Because I'm not gifted in the kitchen, I decided to go through this journey with Katia Chada, a self-proclaimed foodie. She is a Weinberg freshman whose dorm kitchen, which is shared with about 70 other residents, is equipped with an oven, a stove, and little else. How often did you cook when you lived at home? At home, probably at least once a week. I mean, depends on the week, but I cooked pretty often. What do you miss most about being able to cook at home? I think something that I took for granted was just having a fully stocked kitchen, like salt, pepper, spices, things that I never really thought to buy were just there. And now you kind of have to collect all of those ingredients all over again if you want to make a meal. What have you done since moving to college to try and find those things that you miss about cooking out in your own kitchen? So I think for me, because I'm obsessed with pasta, I had to get just a pot and a saucepan so I could boil some water and make pasta. So I've got that. I have a brownie pan because I can't live without brownies. <laughs> but I'm hoping to grow my collection. We decided on a fairly traditional menu for this challenge. Pasta with pesto, a caprese salad, and a baguette. First, we gather the materials. 
This brings challenge number one. Because we don't have our own kitchen, material collection means more than just grocery shopping. We need to acquire pots, plates, and utensils in addition to ingredients. In Katya's room, she keeps a pot, a saucepan, and a brownie pan. I provide a few plates and a set of utensils. To fill in the rest, we trek to Target and Whole Foods. Our total for materials and ingredients is $50.36, and we plan to feed six people. To put that in perspective, a dinner at Allison Dining Hall for one person costs $16.07. This dinner costs half as much per person. Back in Katya's dorm kitchen, the true work begins. But first, challenge number two. There's a group monopolizing the kitchen for coffee and robin. We wait until they finish to start our dinner. While the pasta's boiling, we're gonna start to assemble the caprice salad. Since there's no cutting board or big knife around here, we're using a plastic plate and a kitchen knife to cut up the tomatoes. It gets the job done, albeit a little messily. We don't have any serving plates, so we set the salad up on a personal-sized plate. That means it's time to check our pasta. Tastes good. After straining the pasta in Katya's new colander, we mix it with our pesto. The sauce is store-bought, we unfortunately do not have the funds for a blender. We did, however, invest in a serving bowl. The final step is the baguette. While the bread heats up in Katya's brownie pan, she mixes together ricotta with honey, salt, and pepper. This mixture will serve as a spread for the bread. <laughs> it was really Finally, we're done. I ask Katya her thoughts, but not before a taste test. That is really good. I honestly had no idea what was going to happen when we tried to cook, so I'm really pleased with how it turned out. I also asked the thoughts of the other people who ate the meal. It was delicious. Thank you, Katya. I love it. So much better than Allison. Challenge number three comes with the cleanup. We used most of our ingredients, but there are some extra, like the balsamic glaze and olive oil. Katya said that she plans to leave these ingredients in the kitchen for others to use for their own recipes. What do you think was the hardest part of this process? I think, honestly, figuring out all of the equipment, obviously I'm used to a very specific set of, you know, the oven, the stove, and so adjusting to all of that and just figuring out how to use this new kitchen and work in it. Would you cook a meal in this kitchen again? I definitely would. I mean, there are definitely some bumps in the process, <laughs> including not realizing that the stove was not turned on for a good 15 minutes. But in the end, I feel like the product was worth it, and a good home-cooked meal is just so delicious. You're planning to be on exec board for your dorm next year, so you'll have some power over the budget. How do you plan to invest funds into the kitchen? I definitely think the kitchen is just the hub of a dorm. I mean, food just brings people together, so I really hope to get a toaster and get a bunch of kitchen supplies so that everyone can make it feel like home. There you have it, folks. How you can spend $50 and several hours to avoid eating dining hall food. It's a great way to enjoy a delicious meal while spending time with some friends. My conclusion to our initial challenge, it is in fact possible to cook a full meal in a dorm kitchen. For WNUR News, I'm Pass Bomb. Well, that meal sounded absolutely delicious. In the headlines today, Illinois' statewide mask mandate will be partially lifted by February 28th, Governor J.B. Pritzker announced on Wednesday. Indoor areas including malls, restaurants, bars, and other places of business will be affected. Schools, hospitals, and nursing homes will not be affected. Pritzker said improving hospital metrics guided his decision. 
Northwestern's men's basketball team beat Indiana 59-51 at Welsh Ryan Arena on Tuesday night. Before the game, Indiana lost five players to disciplinary suspensions. Northwestern took the lead late in the game and kept it until the end. McCormick senior Yijun Kim competes in the Jeopardy! National College Championship at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time tonight. Kim is involved in WNUR and the American Institute for Chemical Engineers. Mayor Lori Lightfoot blamed a recent carjacking wave on remote learning, drawing response from the Chicago Teachers Union. Data shows by March 1st, 2020, weeks before classes were canceled, Chicago saw a 68% increase in carjackings, compared to that time in 2019. The union wrote, quote, To suggest that our students are somehow disproportionately responsible for these crimes is precisely the kind of scapegoating and smear tactics black and brown students and adults have had to contend with in any discourse about crime for generations, end quote. Taking a look at the weather. Right now, it's 37 degrees with cloudy skies and wind speeds around 12 miles per hour. You may see some flurries in the next few hours, too. Tonight, you can expect temperatures in the low 30s. Tomorrow will be cloudy with a high of 34 and a low of 27. On Friday, you can expect balmy temperatures under cloudy skies with a high of 43 and a low of 25. Sounds like t-shirt weather to me. This weekend will bring colder temperatures with cloudy and partly cloudy skies. Saturday's high will be 27 and Sunday's will be 23. Lows will be in the mid-teens throughout the weekend. That's all for WNUR News at 6 p.m. For more news updates and reports, follow us on Twitter at WNUR News and Instagram at WNUR News 89-893. You can listen to these and other stories of the day on our Spotify, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. You can also find us on our new website, WNUR.news. Our producer today is Madison Bradley. Our reporters are Jiang-Un, Jennifer Kim, Margo Milanowski, and Pasbaum. I'm Catherine. From all of us here at WNUR News, thanks for listening. Catch our next show this Friday, February 11th at 6 p.m. Now, back to scheduled programming.